0: If you can and you're willing to support us uh, in whatever way you can, we always really appreciate it. With the best ways to do that, go to patreon.com slash podcast. Pick a tier that's right for you and support us if you can. We would really appreciate you. Lots of really cool benefits there. Go check them out. Also, don't give up the ship apparel. It's DGustApparel.com. Get yourself some naval pride and heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. We've got t-shirts, hoodies all kinds of cool shower shoes, little like uh, drawstring bags, all kinds of cool stuff, a bunch of really cool custom stickers, and then the challenge coins and D- and Don't Give Out the Shit podcast apparel is there as well. So please, if you can and you're willing to support us, go to those two places uh, and find whatever way works best for you. It's dgutsapparel.com and patreon.com slash dgutspodcast. Thank you. All right, what is up? Everybody, let's spin some yarn. This one's going to be the McPon AMA response video. I mean, it's really going to be more of like a commentary or dialogue because I've responded on Reddit uh, to what I really had a problem with, I guess. Which, the more I thought about it, I took a bunch of notes. Like, I'd spent the other night. Uh, this is how much I love you guys and girls and whoever else. Uh I I was up till like 1:30 to 2 in the morning the other night on the couch with my laptop, like tr- go just scrubbing that thread. Um, I'm sure I didn't read every single thing. Like when I saw something, was just kind of like going down a rabbit hole that I wasn't terribly interested in, um, like beards, which I'm not uninterested in it in in its entirety. I'm actually gonna do a podcast with a guy soon about that, but it was more like that's not what I'm here for right now. That's not what I'm focused on. I'm trying to analyze the productivity uh, or not <laughs> of the, the Mick uh, ask me anything. And, and which it, it wasn't really an ask me anything. I understand why they imposed rules. Uh, the mods did to keep it or to try to keep it from going off the rails. I think they did a great job. Uh, I really love that about the Reddit community that when the mods kind of lay down the rules, it's they're largely adhered to um, which is interesting. But again, it's another there's another topic for another time um i want to precurse this or like pre preamble this with i am sick again ish i is weird i got like a i don't even know what happened like my wife's really sick like she's a dumpster fire right now with this weird crud that um So like I just, I had the flu from Christmas to New Year's and it was still kind of like this lingering coughing up crap and, um, but largely felt pretty good. was about to go back to the gym and everything and then just got punched right in the face Uh, yesterday, primarily, um, like I had an urgent care thing scheduled for this morning, but last night I took like this super hot shower and the steam and I don't know what happened, but I felt way better after that. Uh, And then this morning, when I woke up to my alarm to go to urgent care, I felt good. So, like, I feel pretty, I feel pretty all right. I'm a little fatigued still. Um, So, if I'm a little slow on the, like, I feel like, and I don't, at this point, I'm such a dumpster fire of medical issues that it's hard to even tease them apart and figure out, like, what symptoms are part of what thing. But, like, uh, a bit of brain fog right now, too. So, if I'm a little slow, a little, not myself. I apologize in advance. That's just what's going on right now. But I think I can get through this. I have notes uh, that I took too on my little notes app on my phone. Well, I took it on the computer, but they're all linked together. Um I get to see my sweet flower shirt because it's a little warm in here. For some reason, after retirement, I mean even before that, but post retirement, I'm like I have a thing for tropical flowers now. I don't, I don't know. My I like colors, like my water bottles probably seen this already but it's like it's like pink and light blue or something. it's like i would have never bought i don't know it's the radiation it's got to be like cooked my brain they took brain tissue out it's not my fault um but it makes me happy so here, here we are um so i'm gonna start with the positive stuff uh because the well i'm gonna start with like the main positive point because i think it provides a lot of context for the entire thing really um and like there's a chance that this didn't do the type of good people were hoping it did i mean that's probably that's probably likely um but there's a chance it didn't do much good at all i don't believe that um but there's always a chance but my analysis of the whole thing because um, i mean when i saw the social media posts i was like uh-oh <laughs> like big oof like this is gonna be like like you're starting early with your moment that's gonna taint your whole reign as mick pond but um but then i was like all right hang on and i talked bob's like my uh sounding board for everything and so uh, i sent chief bob the thing and was like uh did you see this (laughs) and uh yeah he uh he kind of he's good at tempering my uh I don't like my nihilist expect, like my my uh, pessimistic expectations or my like jaded perspective on certain things sometimes. Um, I mean I feel like I'm okay at that too but I got to like give myself a few days and that's part of the process is I got to like talk it through with somebody like Bob. So uh, he, he was a lot more hopeful for it. He was a lot more optimistic even though he could he could for sure see it going off the rails and and we were all imagining like everybody just eating his face on reddit and like but then like we, i saw the ground rules laid down by the mods shout out to all the rnavy reddit mods you did a great job um and uh and then just the fact that they I, I i'm still to this day not a reddit expert uh even though i've been on there passively for like four years or something like i don't uh i i understand it just enough to exist there and most of the time not get in trouble for when i interact for breaking rules or norms or decorum or whatever but uh yeah i i didn't expect them to like everybody in the thread to behave in this like largely in the way that they did um so that i mean a lot of that a lot of that worry was kind of removed but um I just assumed, and I think I'm probably right, unless they incorporated some some junior people, or there's maybe there's just some people on his staff that are very well versed in Reddit. I would hope that there are, but I just as, uh, my reaction was like, uh, Mick Panhonia has no idea what Reddit is or what it's for or how it works. I barely do, and I'm there all the time, um, and so I was just my initial reaction was like fear for him, uh, and like. Uh, dude you don't know what you're getting yourself kind of like the reaction i got from the mods when i asked to start posting my podcast there, and they're like are you sure <laughs> like are you sure you know what you're getting yourself into and i was just you know like i i reacted the way i do is like i yeah, better people have tried and failed to lower my self-esteem but and it's not like i think i, I think uh it would have like hurt his feelings or anything. But I do think that based on him being the public figure on the scale that he is, it could have hurt his ability to do his job for the next few years. That's for damn sure. Um, But you know, like, I I don't know, like again, the the pessimistic side of me was just assuming that his staff was outmatched. And I think I'm right. Uh, Just based on, the lack of substantive responses but there was a lot of good that came from it too and that's the part i want to focus on that first to provide some context so um it and i'm looking at my notes i again brain fog sue me like it seems like his staff um were as overmatched as i thought but uh i (laughs) was i was happy it didn't degenerate into the hot mess that i thought it it had the potential to but um while the actual thread interaction by the mcpons pao account was disappointing they did say they were having a hard time keeping up and would spend the upcoming weeks scrubbing the thread and working through to provide answers and solve problems so it's super easy to discount that as like uh you have some throwaway line that like yeah of course you are you know you know what i mean like um but and i was gonna i was gonna save this for the end but let me just scroll down the um the account uh if you go to like the actual account and see how they've interacted in other threads they uh went to like uh let's see it was like a thread on barracks and coronado i think they posted a bunch of pictures. I don't, don't, oh, there it is. There's a thread, um, about mold and Coronado barracks, complete with horrific pictures of Marines, dress uniforms, and like other belongings covered in mold. It's, it's fucking horrifying that that is allowed to happen anywhere ever to anyone, let alone active duty military members that are forced to live in those, those rooms and buildings. Um, and the thread like it was basically like somebody some they, like they posted it to Reddit and we're like, what do we do? And then uh, a bunch of people, their first reaction was like Navy Times and Stripes and all these like military media outlets and write your congressman and do all this other stuff. Somebody somewhere had the, the presence of mind to tag the same Navy, our Navy McPon PAO account. Um and it was it seemed like a, I, I didn't look at the number of days or hours or whatever, but like it's pretty quick response of like Mick Pond has already called leadership and started regulating because he was furious um, to fix the problem. And so uh, that combined with the we're going to scrub this thread like because like not for nothing, like I'm not trying, I'm not taking a swipe at anybody. They're old and slow, like it's not just and I'm not just like Honi is old because of course he is because it takes 50 it takes like 35 years to get to that position but like it it's a bureaucracy it's just a a really slow moving uh just like like it's really difficult to get things elevated to his level except when you're on reddit or the internet like it's sometimes like you see success and i reference joanne bass all the time and it looks like Honey has taken some cues from my homie joanne bass over on the air force side of the house and uh is is starting to try to leverage these internet tools but you got to understand like this dude is you're putting like all of your trust in your staff because it's like and i'm not saying he's dumb or anything it's just like i'm i'm at the point now i'm i'm 40 years old i'm at the point and i think i'm a pretty young 40 mentally but like the rest of me's falling apart because dumps you know whatever you guys know um it's it gets harder and harder and harder to keep up with this stuff and to like yeah, do you think that man has a bandwidth to figure out how reddit works on top of all the other social media platforms and building any of the things like we talked about podcasts and like putting all his all hands calls on youtube maybe and all this other stuff and he was talking about like one of his responses was like uh a transcript somebody and i think somebody specifically asked about the transcript but uh it's like oh it takes a lot of work to transcribe an all hands call no it's not no, it's not, not even a little bit, uh, but he doesn't know that. So he's putting all his trust in his staff to be feeding in this information and, and doing those things. So, um, it's, it's going to move slow. It just is. Even if one of uh, an enterprising young E4, sorry, my nose, is just cancer nose. I don't know what to tell you. Um, the caffeine's hitting for sure. Right? I took a bunch of caffeine to try to combat the brain fog. So if I feel, I feel a little hyper right now. So if it's coming across, that's why, um, yeah, my nose is so itchy not sure why but cancer so there you go um the uh it's probably my ridiculous and my ungroomed facial hair that's probably what it is sometimes i get a little hair that just decides to go up my nose and start tickling me or like when i'm eating it all goes in my mouth good times problems with beards see if we give you beards this is what happens um Yeah. So if even if a young enterprising E4, maybe like a CTN or an IT or one of those like technical computer based networking based Internet smart people with all the certifications, even if you like invented a thing or or a process, you like got out crayons, use the um, screen capture tool on whatever computer platform you use and you like make this like simplify and i'm not saying it wouldn't help it wouldn't accelerate it but it would still move slow even if you did that on this is how you do the podcast thing or this is how you could the easiest way because like his aide could post like grab his iphone 14 or whatever i think this is a 13 but whatever you know what i mean you can make like freaking movies on these things you could put a a little clip on i think they're called lavalier mics they're not expensive uh sync it with your freaking phone like Every five minutes, this thing's trying to sync to the thing I use for my webcam thing for the podcasts now, which I mean, if you have been, if you listen to every episode, you know how much pain, how how much pain I went through to get this stupid camera to work. And it's not even 100% there, but it's like 90%. It's working. That's <laughs> not exactly how I want it to, to work, but it's working. Um, like, it, it's still going to move slow. Like, it, you could you could get out crayons for them on how to post all this stuff to YouTube, which I can't believe they're not already doing. Like, you have MCs. You have a whole public affairs staff, MCs, that are, like, there are MCs that could do this stuff. Like, there are MC3s or whatever. Like, the, I've worked with them a little bit before because, like, when I was at Fort Lee as an instructor, our learning center, so there's learning center, learning sites. So the MC school at... Um, I forget the fort that they're at or whatever, but it's where their schools. They were one of the our learning sites in our learning center. So like I would interact with the, their SEL and a couple other people all the time. Um, and there are MCs out there like for sure they could solve the crap out of this problem. Put up a YouTube channel, like create really great engaging content that I'm sure like, nah, I'm not talking about like AFN and crap like that. Like that's just terrible because that is probably being filtered through older people and more archaic processes made by older people that don't understand the internet in the way that these young E4s do. It's like, you got to give this task to a young E4 and, and or E5 or whatever, you know, like even a young E6 and just like, get out of the way and let them do what they know how to do. And I think you could come up, you could come up with a really incredible like YouTube channel that all of the things, cause I think the mistake and I'm going off the rails just a touch here, but you know, I do what I want. So (laughs) it's like you could come up with really engaging content that um, like shared all of the things that he's doing and advocating for so that because that's what the I think the biggest problem the office of the MCPON has is the unknown like there's so much just ambiguity and like, secrecy is the wrong word. It's just unknown. Like, they just don't do a good job of communicating to the fleet what he's doing. Like, what does he care about? What's he testifying in Congress about? It's not like it's not out there, right? Like, he's probably on C SPAN or some other arcane, like, barely watched thing. Like, AFN's probably covered it. Nope. I'm not. And I'm not even trying to, like, crap on AFN, but it's pretty, the content's just not engaging. Uh, and i think that's just based on like they just need to modernize but it's like you could you could do it in a way where it's essentially like um like people like and and i can't i I don't even want to use this reference but like the jake pauls of the world or like the mr beast and all these other people that you see in popular culture where like someone's following them with a camera all the time Like the, one of the analogies that like, cause like what the Paula brothers are, what they are, whatever. I don't watch their content, but it's, I am a fan of combat sports. I do jujitsu. I'm that guy, you know, sue me. Um, it's, it's hard to avoid them when you are a fan of, of that kind of stuff. It's like, but a a guy that does a podcast that I was listening to, um, he was talking about when he went in the locker room, when whichever Paula brother fought Floyd Mayweather, uh, just think about how big that moment is and like I mean like most people would be really nervous just to go get in a fight on pay-per-view let alone like you're fighting who I mean you could say arguably I don't think it's arguable at all like Floyd Mayweather's the greatest boxer that's ever lived um just based on his body of work I mean his personality aside like his body of work is I mean untouchable but uh, minus all the weird like uh, exhibition, whatever money grab fights that he's done after re- actual retirement. But uh, they he's, they said they went to the Paul brother locker room and expecting it to just be chaos and like just like nerves and youthful energy and just insanity. And they, he said they went in and they were just chilling and there was like Zen meditation type music playing and. He walked up and he asked the one that was fighting. And again, I can't, I think it was Logan Paul. I don't, whatever, the Jake Paul's the one that boxes all the time now. But I think, I think it was the other one that fought him. Don't quote me on that. Again, I don't pay that close of attention to them. Um, But he asked him, he's like, dude, are you nervous? uh and he goes uh he goes no he goes dude i'm a youtuber he's like you know how stupid this is like i'm about to fight the greatest boxer that's ever lived like why like i shouldn't even be here (laughs) And and so it was like this weird uh and part of it was like this comfort with they've had cameras in front of their faces their whole lives like those dudes have been on youtube forever and so they just have they've developed this comfort with having a camera following them around to a certain extent, I think the MicPon, at least later in his career, might be a weird transition, but I, you know, whatever. It's the analogy that popped into my head. The uh I think he, he's probably pretty comfortable in front of a camera, public speaking, all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's a safe assumption. Just have them buy a freaking 4K handy cam or whatever and follow him around. And it's not like I think you could teach him pretty simply to, he could go live on Instagram by himself. Like, which, you know, there's there's some problems there too where you might want to have him filter some stuff or at least hopefully he's like bouncing it off of first. But like, it's as simple as like, I'm sure he has a smartphone, right? Whatever kind, you know. Uh, he could just go live on Instagram and talk about what he's doing. He could go, uh, he could live stream on YouTube uh, like his all hands calls or his uh it's as simple as there's a fleet mass chief uh that i actually we have mutual friends that it's not really relevant but uh give me a second i think he t- i think he relieved honia as pack fleet scott tors i'm gonna butcher his last name i think it's Torsic or something like that um sorry if you're listening scott uh, for butchering your name i don't know how to say it Uh, He does like a weekly, I think it's on Fridays. He does like a weekly little podcast thing. And they're like short. It's like little like motivational leadership things. Like I think there's more valuable information he could be providing to the fleet. But I don't, I think it's a step in the right direction. It's a positive indication. So going back to what I've spent like 20 minutes talking about, not what I was planning on talking about at the beginning. But the context here with all that is that the fact that this man, whether it was ignorance or cojones, he didn't ask me anything on Reddit. You got it's kind of like that Jay the, the Paul brother that fought Floyd Mailer. It's like he didn't even know he was supposed to be afraid. You know what I mean? Like he didn't even he didn't recognize it for what it is. But thankfully, whoever convinced him to do it, shout out to his staff member that or members. That got him to do this, ask me anything. And maybe he just stumbled upon some stuff on the internet and it was his idea. I don't know. Whoever was responsible for it, the door has been kicked off the hinges. Like you can't, you can't go back now. We've had the, we've had the McPon. And I mean, arguably like he went all the way to the deep end of the pool. He didn't come on my podcast. He didn't just randomly start live streaming on Instagram. He didn't, uh, i don't know like go on some much like if you go to the navy discord server much chiller like there's still some stuff like you might still get some weirdness but like like but i i it's one of those it's as simple as somebody saying hey the mcpond's coming behave and then it's and it's not even close to the wild west feeling you get on on reddit sometimes he went all the way to the deep end of the pool he said i want to hear the unadulterated truth from uh people that have the uh the safety of anonymity on reddit uh and i'm gonna like i want to get it straight from the source because what's interesting about that is it's kind of like you, you hear stories sometimes where like some fleet master chief or admiral like comes at like twenty hundred to a ship and just walks on board and talks to sailors and checks things out um and then goes and asks his staff hey what's going on on uss <laughs> used to fish or whatever um and they're shocked at why he knows these things so i think that uh him him doing it first of all is a huge step in the right direction just the fact that he showed up because and, and it's an important distinction like Jim Honey is going to retire in a couple of years and go off to do whatever retired McPons do be a board member on something or like, like Rick West works for like a, a veteran owned mortgage place. And uh, that, I mean, they do pretty cool things for veterans. They like pay off houses and stuff you know, whatever um, he does some other stuff too, but uh, the McPon, right. And I kinda hate that they changed the social media accounts back to like now it's like his name. It's like it should have stayed the office of the master chief petty officer navy. And this is like one of the reasons, besides it just projects humility, is is it's it's a it's a continual thing. It's not like it goes away. It's like the the person holding the office transitions, but the office remains. And I think that's an important point to focus on. Is like the office of the master chief petty officer of the Navy went on Reddit and did an AMA. You don't get to take that back. So every mid pond that comes after him, it's like, you can't say like, Oh, I just don't have time for that. It's too hard. That's not what we do. It's like, yeah, that's not true. Yes, you do. And so it's like the fact that they entered into it and actually did it is a big deal. Um, and I think it, it's a really great step in the right direction. We need to then monitor like him saying, which again, I have that one example, which, and I think there's probably more, but I have that one example because he, he hasn't been in office that long from co- the Coronado thing where when he, when his office, and I don't know, yeah, you know, I don't know if it was actually him typing those things. He probably types like this, you know, like, I, I don't know, like whoever was communicating through the account. And I know he was there. Like they posted like 19 pictures instead of answering questions. But I'll get to that. So um, he he the account said he said and by virtue of the account saying he said uh, we get to hold him accountable to those remarks as if he said them because that's what they were representing. It's like he said he's going to spend the time, which, again, the thing moves slow. Right. He's not used to this forum. He's not used to the, the I mean, there were some super long well thought out questions there that he couldn't possibly type answers to in the amount of time allotted it would have been better to do like a video based one which i know a guy that runs a podcast that has video i'm just throwing that out there no i'm not thirsty for a mcpond interview i'm just saying like it, i would love to like get a bunch of those questions and like okay let's let's do this could do it even do it like a debrief but whatever it's uh <sighs> He said he's going to, him and his staff are going to scrub those questions and then start solving some, I almost said a word I would have to edit out, start solving some problems, right? Based on his behavior up to this point, and again, I don't have a lot of data points, but I got data points. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that you're going to see some stuff in the next month that's him acting on those problems, whether it's just signals that the ball is rolling or him like bringing the wrath of God down onto people, like whoever was responsible for that moldy barracks in Coronado. Right. Um, that like the, the, the positive stuff it, it like, that's the, that's the thing. Cause, cause somebody mentioned too, uh, and I forget who it was, but they said like, not only is the mic here, but you're going to see all those fleet master chiefs and force master chiefs and whoever else are lurking watching what's happening because he's the mick like where he goes a lot of eyes follow or whoever is in that office right um wherever he goes attention follows right so those people who are part of his leadership mess or the people they're probably were like flag officers and and f- commodores and just all kinds of people lurking just watching what's going on here it also opens up the door to those people who doing the same thing right like fleet mass chief and i'm just gonna call him scott because i don't want to keep butchering his name he's doing things he he is a young he's younger than honia i'm sure uh like a little you know not like wildly but like a little so it's like he's at least in like his navy years um he's doing that podcast thing and he's doing some other things uh you're gonna start to see more and more of that because Reaching sailors where they are is important. And so you see this problem of like sailors. And and I I point to this point about Russ Smith's G-dub all hands call. Like, I think he got genuinely like pissed during the all hands call because not it, it was like they don't know what he's doing. And but he does. He knows how much pain and effort went into all of the advocacy and him fighting for funding for childcare centers which is something he referenced during it that and all these other things. He knows how much work he put into that. He knows the just blind like like stupidity that is representative of the way a bureaucracy like that functions where he's going into these rooms and and this means something to him. Don't think for a second Russ Smith or any other person that gets to this level of the job, even, even the bad ones, like don't think for a second that you don't mean something to them. Like they don't want to hit a home run on like getting funding for those childcare centers to be able to, to, to bring that deliverable to, deliverable to the fleet and say, I, look, I, I did this for you. Like we did this for you. And and here, enjoy the, the fruits of my labor. I love you. And then, I'm going to retirement and to be a board member on something and get paid lots of money. You know what I mean? Like, even if you want to make the argument that a lot of people get to the, that get to that position are just driven by ego and status and all that, you know, stuff. It's like, I don't even like, I don't care who they are. human beings are complex and there's no way you get through a career in the military and get to those positions. And like there, there are outliers that are just like evil but I don't think you're gonna get to that level if you're evil. You could be lopsided in your in in your priorities, some of which may be negative, and we've seen that. Um, but don't think for a second those people in that position aren't like in those rooms trying to get things done. And a lot of times they're either A, not able to get it done because bureaucracies suck, or B, it's the the result is delayed by like years. And so the positive effect will come in later and they'll get zero credit for it anyway. Um, But I think he genuinely got pissed off because he had put so much time and effort into advocacy for sailors and programs and that would benefit sailors and all these things. And then like they were acting like he's just sitting in his office in DC drinking coffee and like, you know, I don't know. Like what would he be doing? Like stroking his non-existent beard and just doing evil things to make your life hurt. It's like that dude did a lot of things. I'm sure. I don't know what a lot of them are because they do a bad job of communicating it to the fleet. And here's the important part. Pay attention if you're listening, people in D.C. The They're not communicating them in a way that junior sailors are are consuming. It's not on YouTube. It's not on Instagram Reels. It's not on TikTok. It's not, and I'm not encouraging the use of TikTok, Chinese spyware, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know what I mean? Like podcasts, like whatever. You're not doing it in a way that sailors are consuming it. And, and I I, like, I know this for a lot of reasons. One, I started the podcast because I wanted to reach sailors where they were, but also the growth and like dissemination of the podcast was hindered by the fact that I wasn't doing video. And I wasn't putting my face on social media and doing reels and all that crap because that's what they consume and that's what they share. Right. So it's like reach them where they are. Don't trust that C-SPAN is going to reach a 19 year old sailor or what AFN. Like no one's watching that. No one's watching that except old people passively in a met in a waiting room or something. Yeah. I mean like it's not like it's it's on the. Old tube television in the lobby of the Gateway Inn and Suites. It's not on my phone where I'm actively engaging with it. So, like, no one knows what you're doing. And I would argue that a lot of junior sailors probably aren't even following your social media accounts in the first place. They would be though, and we have a case study for that. And his name's Jervy Loda. Go check out what they did with that. He was reaching sailors, like a lot of them. I got so many requests to have that dude on the podcast. So. Reach them where they are, and you'll find that you won't have that frustration, or you won't go to an all hands call and have them ask questions that could have been answered by you posting that uh, thing to a a media source that they actually consume. All right, let's get into some of the criticisms. Um, Because again, like I really commend that staff of people. And, and I don't know how much I'm pretty sure I like I, I suspect anyway, I, that's how I, I should say it. I suspect the Pond just said yes. And some. it was his staff that did that. But maybe it was his idea and his staff made it happen either way. Thank you for making that happen and getting that done. Um, but here, here's some of the problems that I had with it. Right. And, and I'm not like I guess I like well, I guess I kind of am. I was frustrated scrubbing the thread when I was reading through everything by the lack of answers or the non-answer answers. Um, And again, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I hope they prove me right after scrubbing the thread for the week, like they said, and then taking action on a lot of things and not just taking action, but letting sailors know that they're taking action and what that action is and what the result is, blah, 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 or like what the solution is and how they can leverage it. But I was frustrated by, there was a lot of non answers and there was, there was almost, I mean, 40% of them were just updates on like, we're almost out of time. Like I got to go. And here's a picture of me sitting at a computer pretending I know how to type. I'm, I'm kidding. Like he, I'm sure he knows how to type. I'm just joking. But you know what I mean? Like it was, there was a lot of that and not a lot of, of substantive answers. Like just not, there just wasn't as much as i would have liked and i'm sure like there was a lot of sailors that put a lot of time into those questions so it was kind of painful to watch the answer or non-answer answers happen but again i don't know how you would have kept up with that unless you had a team of 20 people in there on computers because i mean they were there were sailors writing essays like five questions really well thought out a lot of detail on five different topics so it's like it would have been really I mean, I would have had a hard time keeping up, obviously, like and I I would have had a hard time keeping up doing a voice thing. You know what I mean? Like when I do those Q&A's, it's like which I love doing. I need to get back on Discord and do one or see if Reddit wants to do one, whatever. But I don't think enough people care about me on Reddit, but I could be wrong. Um, It's like if you did it voice like with video and voice, it's like it would have been hard to keep up with. Like I I, ha- I when I do them, I have them. I have the moderator like give me a question at a time like they a bunch of them flood in, but then they they like slow bleed them to me and I do them one at a time. Right. And it's like and, and sometimes I mean, I've done three hour long podcasts, so it takes a hot minute to do them. But I can answer a lot faster this way uh, than I ever could typing like it would. Yeah, I mean, that's just is what it is. So a voice channel on discord, maybe. And then all the Redditors come over and I don't know. There's lots of ways to do it, but. I think that would have been more, a lot more productive. Um, and maybe he, you could, you could just do a YouTube video. Like I'm gonna post this to YouTube. You could do a YouTube video where he's answering those questions. Like he's had time to like think about them, formulate a meaningful response, and then answer them. Um, I, I just, in the unlikely event that any of you on that staff are watching, please don't let him do anything like that. If it's gonna be a whole bunch of word salad and non-answers, because that's just gonna inflame the entire internet because now you've you stepped in it like you're in now like you it's like i'm a big john wick fan because you know like they're just great movies and i love keanu reeves but like where you can't you don't you don't get to be half in half out or you don't get to visit like if you're in you're in and it's like they're gonna drag you down kicking and screaming if you uh if you come out with a bunch of non-answer answers or word salad so please you know please don't please god don't um okay so the yeah i was frustrated by that but there were some answers in there and i responded to a bunch of them because i got kind of pissed off i'm not gonna lie to you um the first one that kind of drove me nuts was uh there was a question or not a question there was like a post really about uh a guy i'm assuming he's a guy um it's hard to tell sometimes like because but that was for some reason my brain is just assuming that whatever Um, about a pay issue related to not getting retirement orders on time. But then they said they'd been in for 10 years. I'm assuming it's like medical retirement or something. Um, But he said, he he said said he's talking about this administrative thing that didn't happen for him. But then he talks about the very real life consequences. One of which was him being homeless when he got out of the military. And the response was, did you get your retirement orders? And if not, let us know and we'll help you out. I'm like, he just said he was homeless. Like, why don't we help him with not being homeless if that's still the case? Like, why isn't that the question? I was like, I and, and again, maybe they were reading fast and didn't catch it. I don't know. Like, I was just like, that man just said he was homeless. Let's address the first problem. <laughs> like, what? That's probably the symptom of a greater problem. But at this point, like the retirement orders were time sensitive. He didn't get them in time. So now he's homeless. So you getting him his retirement orders at this point we're fucking moot like it's just not a thing we care about at this point in in the game and it's just like i, I don't understand why that would be like your first question sorry i'm writing down bleeping out that effort um i don't i don't get it i don't understand how do we how do we arrive at that as a question that matters and it's like then they talked about well, so there were, part of the response was talking about like the reason why there's delays in a lot of stuff. They referenced the Red Hill fuel issue. I'm like, what? What? Like, what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with pay issues and like administrative issues? I was really confused by that. And then they said some other stuff. And then he said, and this is like, this really got me. Not, after after power. <laughs> After getting past the, he just said he was homeless and that's not our main concern problem. They put a lot of it, they kind of dumped a lot of it on CPPAs and admin staff at the command. This is a thing, Navy, I hesitate to say leadership. The people in leadership positions, it happens a lot where they're like, it's on your, your command, your command, go talk to your CPPA, who's like, I mean, everyone I've encountered is like a, second class and it's like pay and something i forget the the what the acronym means but it's like the pay guy i think um or girl pay person putting that on the command is just such horse it's such a cop out because it's like it's like they they you get so far removed from uh Actual, like being actually in the Navy, you know what I mean. Like a guy in the Mick Pond's position hasn't been in the real Navy for 15 years. You know what I mean. Where they're like, they're not in these like figurehead leadership positions. It's like they're actually like on a ship. And I would even say that like I'd say the first level of removal is like a when you're not on a vessel as a command master chief, like. You can miss some stuff at the command Master chief level, but you usually have chiefs that are in the thick of it, informing your opinions and uh, providing you with the information and stuff. And you can just walk around the ship. You have at, you still have ready relevant access to sailors. When you get detached and you're on like a flagstaff, it's like that's when it begins. I feel, or like you're like the CMC for like a squadron at the like the commodore level or something, or at like a major command where there's like five layers between you and everyone that's in the thick of it you got to think the mcpon like they haven't been in the anywhere near uh having that kind of access where they're like right there and in it at the command mastery level in a hot minute like over a decade so it's like they forget what it's like and i don't mean like they forgot literally i mean they just don't remember or, it, or it's wildly different, which is possible. Um, I don't know. I didn't stick around that long, so it's hard to, it's, it's hard to say. But I, I felt a, a pretty noticeable and significant difference in just, like, how hard everything is now. As far as, like, we never have enough manning, but we keep piling crap on t- to the plates of every sailor that's within a command... And so, like, to say these, like, CPPAs and admin staff, like, oh, it's on them, like, the, you didn't get your retirement orders because CPPA or whatever, or you need to go talk to them. It's, like, I'm, one, I'm sure that sailor was talking to them. Like, I, I'm sure they didn't just voluntarily become homeless. So, it's, like, clearly that's not going to work. And it's, like, what is, it's not like in, the E5 in that position is not trying really hard. But like when you get responses from like the all the people higher up in the bureaucracy that have zero accountability, it seems that are just like, yeah, it's processing. It'll come when it comes. Sorry. You know, or we don't even they don't have enough people. And then you get into the issue of we deleted PSDs with no actual plan to fill that role with anything that works. It's like, don't don't put that on the command. Those (coughs) say, excuse me, those sailors are already wildly overmatched with like the responsibilities that they have and the continual like increase in responsible like things that were demanding of them and because manning is so atrocious and and because like people on high in the bureaucracy keep firing off these NAV admins full of program requirements for new and old and revision crap it, it's like like I we don't have the bandwidth to do all of these things and it's like if everything is the priority nothing's the priority so what's the priority like we have acute mental health issues because manning is so bad and because stress is so high and op tempo so high and we demand so many things of these sailors and leadership is incompetent and blah 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 it's like at what point are we going to realize we're doing this to ourselves and that but you're going to you're going to say oh the CPPA and your admin staff should fix it like no that's the wrong answer, and it sh- it feels super obvious. So it's like, come on, do better. Um That really pissed me off when I saw it. Uh, and we were talking about like I, I a lot of the programs that and I mean this like internet websites and programs and the Navy app Locker and all these solutions, like I heard West Kosh offer when I don't know if he's still a fleet, but he was um. He, he would talk about a lot of like oh, all of these new and incoming things that are going to integrate everything and make everything easy for you. So you can access it on your, like he was saying all the right things. I think he, he got it. Like he understood that this is what we need to do, but it's like, I still haven't seen any of it come to fruition. And I mean, this all hands call that I recall. i was probably like five, six years ago. Uh, so he's probably not a fleet anymore. I imagine he's probably retired, but, um, yeah, it's just like you could uh, there is an uh, an IT person out there somewhere or a company or whatever that could fix it like I can I can buy stuff on my phone on Amazon Prime and it ships to my house within days. It's like there are fu- there's functionality in the world that proves that we can do what he was saying during that all hands call of like creating programs and apps where we just we don't have fifteen different websites we have to go to. We don't have uh like all these apps in the Navy app locker that barely function. Or and like even then it's like bar- people barely know they exist. Like there's a couple good ones. Like I like the nav admin one when I was on active duty because I could like scroll through all the nav admins on my phone. It made things a lot easier to pay attention to and to keep up with right and that's important for my sailors like it's a that's a big deal there's a lot of programmatic stuff that comes out via NevAdmin that i it's like i gotta i have to be at a computer well now i can view it on my phone i mean you don't have to but it made it a lot easier um and then like the uniform regs like they had the uniform uh stuff in an app that you can view on your phone it was great um cause i mean there's times like i'd be at the uniform shop and i'm like i don't know like let me look it up you know what i mean like it's like uh it's it, it it's something that it may it just it's it's convenient makes my life easier which i mean we should be all about trying to optimize things and make everything way more efficient and with like with the prime directive of like what's gonna make what's gonna increase the bandwidth and decrease the stress for my sailors like for the end user of these things like um yeah i just there is a (laughs) There's a way. And I think we've in the civilian industry, we've proven it over and over and over and over again with like a lot of things like Uber Eats and fucking DoorDash and Instacart and all these things. It's like there's these apps that and and websites even that like like the podcasting stuff that I do, like the videos. And so I was explaining like that on one of the comments on Reddit about like I use a service for the podcast interviews that I do that just takes a lot of the stress off of me. I just log in. I'll send you an email. I use a service called Zencaster right now. I'm thinking about switching to Riverside, which is what the PTSF guys use. Um, But it just, I don't gotta, I just, I I have the setup and I mean, I've been doing this a really long time. So I've kind of gone through the growing pains of figuring it all out. But it's like, you just go on the site, log in, uh, create a new episode or whatever. And then I send an email and it's like Zoom. I send an email invite and then it's like we're podcasting and it records the audio on your side of the connection and uploads it. So I get better audio and video from especially from people that don't have like a mic and like a nice camera and stuff. And it transcribes it for me. The thing that you said was so hard and I don't plan on doing soon. It's like it does it for me and it gives me like I think there's like three formats like file formats, but it gives me a transcription with timestamps and what was said. It's not always perfect, but it's pretty close. Uh, it would take somebody ten minutes to go through and fix like the spelling and grammatical errors and like put it in a f- in a smooth format to release. But um, yeah, it's it. There's so many just mind blowing tools available right now. So to say that we can't, I mean, incepts is excruciating. Um, and then I like okay, so I figure out how to use incepts. But why, like, why do I have Incepts and then, oh, it's time to travel? You got to go to this other website that's equally excruciating. Sorry, the camera's hooked to my stand-up desk that I keep hitting with my hands. Um, or like, oh, you want to review your record for the cheese board? Oh, you got to go to Incepts, sort of, but the, go to you got to find your ODC, OSR, PSR, and then you got to go scrub your own PF. And it's just like, why isn't this all in the same place? And why isn't the functionality built into it for me to fix it and update it? like, if you're going to make it my problem to maintain my own record and uh, when we have like admin people for this, it's like, then give me the ability to do it. Why do I got to put my social on my award and send it to somebody? Why can't I just upload the damn thing? Like you can validate it later. But like, can I just like put it? Yeah, like this isn't hard. Put it up there in the ethos or ether, whatever the, you know what I mean? brain fuck um it's it's too easy to fix it seems like and granted like i don't know how to construct these things so maybe i'm not saying it's like it's simple to construct but it's i'm sure it's not easy like i'm sure it's a very complicated and like arduous process for the people doing it but that doesn't mean we can't do it there's people doing it all the time. And it's like the really gross reality is that if incentivized by monetary gain, we can create Amazon prime. But if you're only incentivized by taking care of sailors, taking care of literal people that you should have love in your heart for and care about deeply, ah, you can here's in sips. Like here's the, here's your OMPF, and your electronic training jackets at a different place and your other things at a different place. And here's Enet. Uh, everybody loved that thing I shared. Like, uh, here's Enet that doesn't function on any of the browsers that are on the NMCI network. Uh, oh, and the NMCI network, we can't. Like, my internet when I was at work on a Flagstaff was slower than my internet underway on nuclear power on a submarine. Figure that out. And I pay fifty bucks a month for the little T-Mobile internet station, wildly faster so it's like I just there are solutions to these problems in the civilian world that if we would just throw money at these really smart people and let them fix it like if you brought in the developers from Amazon just gave them a fat government contract on top of the other ones they already have or whoever I don't even care who it is I don't have like a some kind of like belief system and like which ones are good and bad. I don't even care. Just fix it. It's got, it's literally going to save lives, which sounds insane. But think about removing all of the stress and BS and the inefficiency from the administrative process. Like this kid wouldn't have been homeless. Let that marinate for a second. You could solve problems like that by just cutting a check to a bunch of smart kids that already demonstrated the the aptitude and reliability, like the aptitude they have for building it and the reliability of their systems in the real world. And it's like you could, you'd literally save lives. How have we not done this already? I told Dave Deary on the the ELF podcast, like, so, like, y'all know, like, my internal belief with, like, every cell in my body is that the main problem we have is leadership development and education. And it would it would solve all these problems, like the second order effect of fixing that would just solve all kinds of problems. And you would see acute mental health issues plummet like they'd still exist because it ne- it's never going to go away. But. The, the rate at which we have acute mental health issues and we lose people to like Limdo and all these other things, including myself for the last six months of my career, would plummet. And, and why aren't they just cutting Dave Deary a check? You know, you're like he has proven that he's really good at it has the capacity to fix the crap out of it. And he's, he's going to do it no matter what. So in the San Diego area, if you're in that fleet concentration area and you're not accessing the enlisted leadership foundation for leadership development education. I hope it's just because your op tempo is high and you don't have the ability to send your sailors. But even that it's like fine time. It's so valuable. I would I, like if I was there, I would take leave. to to go to that but if you have a good leadership triad at your command you can use TAD money to send your people to that so if you find yourself in like the shipyard or something and you're not sending everyone to ELF you're doing it wrong and and there are so many like examples like this where it's like you're willing to cut a check for, like, LCSs and then decom them way before their shelf life's over. So, it's just, like, I I don't know if that's a great example, but it feels like one. I'm not super familiar. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, this one, like, this just boggles my mind that, like, these problems exist. Because, like, you, you get, um... These perceptions in the civilian world that, like, we're so high speed and we have all these capabilities that, like, they don't have access to. And, like, there are little tiny outlier places in the entire Department of Defense where they're total, they, they are, they're high speed. But even, like, if you went to DevGrew, they're operationally. I'm sure like just like l- high speed to have access to all the Gucci things and are well taken care of in a lot of ways, but they're interfacing with the same stupid process you all are when it comes to like making chief or uh, like, like granted like their panel members are all going to be members of the community. So maybe that they're like, you know, cause it's one of those things where it's like you're in charge, you, you those, pe- that community builds its own enlisted career path so they you have ownership of how how you decide to promote these people. And then there's always the subjective aspect to when you get a bunch of those like I don't even know how they're I imagine their board is not just SOS. It's probably like Swick and whatever. I don't know. I'd have to look at their panel uh, membership. But it's like when you get all those people in a room, it's like then you have that subjective understanding part of like like yeah but he didn't do this or she didn't do that or whatever yeah i mean like there's an the interpretation part where there's a little bit of wiggle room there for them to decide what's important what's not like you do the subject matter expert briefs and they're like you it's it's more elaborating on the construct in the i I don't want to i feel like i'm creating doubt in the process which i have my own disagreements with how we make chiefs but as far as like the ecp and then like you go in and when you're briefing the ecp the the what should be happening is you're like elaborating on it like you provide a brief to decrypt any of it if needed which most of the panels are constructed in a way that i feel like that's not super relevant but there's a lot of times there's different rates in the room so you gotta like make sure everybody understands like hey this is what's important this is what's not blah 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 um but anyway like they're they're interfacing with a lot of the same systems in a lot of ways like when they want to retire there's not like a a special operations path to like it's they deal with the exact same bureaucracy you do so there's not like it's hilarious to me in the worst possible like laughing because in lieu of crying because it's like you like i i don't if you explain this to a civilian that's never interacted with the military they i think they'd be really shocked that we don't have the best possible infrastructure in all of these different different ways like that and not just that we don't have it but that it's just so grossly incompetent like it's almost unusable it's ridiculous like you it shouldn't require a bunch of interventions from people like me picking up a phone and like shaking the tree until i get what i want to fall out like it should just work 99% 99% of the time and then you have like a trouble desk or help desk thing or function it when those unique situations come up but like i i don't know i'm gonna move on to the next thing just because i could go forever and this is already longer than i thought it was gonna be or getting there um mental health stuff i've talked about it a bunch i'm gonna not spend that much time on it one because i've talked about it a bunch but two because i'm trying to spin up a another uh like d guts umbrella podcast that someone else is going to do where they talk about mental health almost exclusively so it's like that's inbound um so it's like the the thing that i i didn't like was that they kind of mentioned like they give you they they parroted the same answer everybody else does that we're working on increasing access to care Okay, like you, you will never solve the mental health problem in the military by increasing access to care. And when I say that, I mean like adding more and more providers and resources. Because until you solve leadership incompetence, until you solve all these other problems that are the actual cause of the mental health problems that we're seeing rise so rapidly. and the suicidal ideations and attempts and and completions actual suicides that we see rising so rapidly your access to care goal it's like it's you're never going to outpace it because you're addressing the symptom of a problem and not the actual problem you're not you're not addressing what's creating these mental health issues like i don't have mental health issues because there aren't enough psychologists i had mental health issues because i for, like it's just the stress of the entire career generally then I didn't deal with the stress of standing diving officer watching a submarine very well because I'm not I I'm not wired that way and I didn't know it at the time. And then I didn't deal, like, then cancer and then trauma of losing, like, close family members in a, in a real way. way. Um, that, like, all those things added up to I have mental health problems. A large portion of what caused that for me had nothing to do with access to mental mental health. You know what I mean? Like, and and if there was just an infinite resource in that arena, only one of those things would be solved by that, which was like, you can't, everybody's going to experience traumatic loss of people that they love at some point, whether it's uh, something that's expected, like, you know, my parents are getting up there in age. Eventually they're going to pass away and it's going to, it's going to hurt a lot. But it's not the same thing as my 40, he would have been 42 uh, right, like a week after it happened. Uh, My 40, almost 42-year-old brother, my 16-year-old niece, and my 9-year-old niece, it's like, that's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to happen. And it was all in one, like all at the same time, all same occurrence, same day. Like I just, no one's going to deal with that well. Right. So that's a thing that the mental the mental health care resources are there for. I the stress that and like PTSD from combat, like that's what we do here. Right. We're here to project power and, and like whatever the national interest is. Pursuing that and protecting, you know, freedom and democracy around the world, blah, blah. That involves kinetic operations that involves combat. And people are going to experience things that are going to require a mental health professional to kind of work through. Those are never going to go away. But, and I think the, the initial ramp up of mental health resources was super productive because stigma, because uh, like people just thought you had to tough guy your way through everything. And that's not true. That's not real. And I think we're doing a great job of combating that stigma. I think we're doing a great job of increasing access to mental health care and making it okay to do so. We still got a ways to go, but I we're working on it. But what you can't, you can't, you can't um, confuse the two. Like they're not the same. You can't say that, oh, we just need to continue to increase access to mental health care to address all these problems. It's like, no, there's a ton of stuff that is causing mental health issues a ton of stuff that we absolutely could solve not by increasing mental health resources, but by removing or or rapidly and like largely eliminating the the root cause of, of the stresses that are causing those acute mental health issues. And then like the capacity for care doesn't need to be so enormous and that's the pro, like that's the biggest issue and that's where i'll leave it is like developing robust leadership development and education would solve so many freaking problems like including uh I, what I, I i really and i i need to like i'm gonna do some research at some point to see if there's any relevant studies out there in the ether and because i'm i'm studying to be a psychologist right now and i'm at the very early stages of that but I do have access to like academic libraries and really smart. I'm meeting with a PhD at soon in psychology that works specifically with veterans um, to learn how I can do that later. And so I'll, I'll ask her like, hey, you know, this is one of the issues that I see. And I, I would really love to see if there's been any studies done on it so that I can put that like put that out there, because this is just me. This is how, like me. My analysis for whatever that means you know what i mean like this is how i feel about it um and i'm open to be proven wrong about it. everything you know what i mean so it's like i there's a re- very real possibility i could be off in some way but i don't think there's much of a possibility that i'm like wildly off base i don't believe for a second like like because if you think about it and you're like even if i'm like 20 percent right like so let's say like if we just so waved our magic wand and solved uh, the leadership and competence problem that we have in every branch of the military. And it only deleted 20% of the mental health, acute mental health issues that the, the second order effect of fixing leadership incompetence competence by providing whatever robust leadership development education looks like that would that would do that. Right. Where we could like kind of declare victory like it'll never be perfect, but we're doing a good job. And that results in a 20% decrease in acute mental health issues to include like suicide and everything else. Imagine what a win that would be. You know what I mean? I don't have to be a hundred percent right. I only have to be twenty percent, thirty percent right. I would like to be a hundred percent right. But like, and and maybe there's a bunch of stuff you can stack on top of that, like increasing mental health care, decreased it by 10%, and then like the deleting stigma and everything else, and then maybe like um oh i'm trying to think of something else like may, maybe like d- like finding ways to delete other stressors like the stuff we just talked about with all the it issues and bureaucratic problems and blah 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 because those things they seem they seem to be like i i can understand why someone would would kind of if you're looking just at like inseps or uh what's that stupid travel program that everybody hates um so I'm I'm progressively data dumping a lot of this stuff because it's like I hate it. Uh, the one where you like go on and book your travel and stuff, uh, and it like barely functions, and I forget. And then they put it on sailors to navigate it instead of having like somebody at the command that actually has training in it. And even then, they wanted to put their head through a wall. Uh, DTS. There you go. Defense Travel System. God, I'm I'm glad that was so hard because I, it means I'm forgetting things. <laughs> um. Those things, when they malfunction, the second order effect is a guy's homeless or, you know, there's a there were so many threads on on the Reddit AMA thing about like people uh, and whether it was them relaying stories about their sailors or their own personal experiences, it was stuff like just like 6 months of BAH that they didn't have so then they had to take out a loan to pay their rent and then and then you know they or they overpaid them and stole it all back at the uh, you know what I mean like i feel like if the if the government overpays you it should be like monopoly like you you screwed that up i didn't screw that up this money's mine now try harder next time like you know what I mean? like it's like accountability it's like, if take it out of his check or her check. Take it out of the DFAS employee's check. Don't take it out of my check. Like, I didn't do that. I played zero role in that. So it's like, and you're telling, oh, check your LES. Why? Because you're going to steal two of my paychecks to pay back some debt that I had zero culpability in creating? Like, take it out of that DFAS employee's check. Get out of here with this. Like, come on. Like And there were so many stories about, like, Navy Marine Corps Relief Society is like a primary answer to this problem. And it's like, no, how about the DFAS employees or the or whoever, it, like I'm probably butchering the like who's where they work and who's responsible for I I don't, I'm not a CPPA. I'm not an admin guy. I, I'm not 100% sure. Like I'm sure there's like BUPERS people involved and all this other stuff, but I don't know. Like I just, come on. But with mental health, that's like, I think you could fix a huge amount of it by fixing leadership incompetence, but then by like deleting all these other stressors. Um, Sorry, I keep playing with the microphone. I'm trying to do a better job of keeping the boom arm out of the camera thing. But, um, but yeah, I, (laughs) fixing all these other problems whose second order effect is driving acute mental health issues is how you, how you fix, or at least like fixing is the wrong way to express it that it gets mental health acute mental health issues uh under control in that the need doesn't like the need outpacing access to care isn't the problem right the main challenge in mental health care circles should be how much better can we make this and what do we have to do to get there you know what I mean? Like same thing with like habitability and barracks and stuff. It's like it shouldn't be like to contrast like the ridiculous Coronado pictures I saw on Reddit. When I go to school, I go to co- uh, uh, undergraduate college. and It's not like it's a major university, but it's not. It's like a one of those. A lot of major universities have like secondary campuses in other areas. And so I'm, I'm at that where you can only you can primarily do uh, bachelor's level uh, degrees like undergraduate degrees, so I'm at a secondary campus because it's close to the house, <clears throat> whatever. And i'll I'll pro- I'll probably progress to the main campus, which is a further travel for the PhD program. But I can I can manage it if I have to. Um, the the staggering degree to which they go out of their way to make students um like comfortable and also just enable learning like they're the resources that they have on that campus blows my mind and they're all free like tutors are free um there's just a, there's like a writing lab you can just walk into and like you can make an appointment with somebody and they'll like sit down and go over a paper with you and like make you a better writer it's free like there's there's the i got a free YMCA membership to this crazy gym they had it's like it i, I it blows me away at, at, over and over again how ridiculous in in the best possible meaning like in the best possible like uh connotation of, of that or interpretation of that word it's like i i still i can't believe it like even little things like i walked into one space and it was just like there's like free little charging stations for your devices with cords running on them and everything where like, and it's all free. I charge, I have a, I drive a Chevy Volt. It's like my commuter car. Um, and it was cause I drove like 30 minutes one way to get to the base. Um, and it was my previous vehicle was a Jeep with a, a Hemi in it. So it was just killing me, I guess. Um, same. So this car, you charge a battery and, and then secondary is gas. And so like when I drive to school, they, they have free charging stations in the place that I park my car like it charges my car for free while I'm in class and it does it pretty fast it only takes a couple hours so it's like i'm saving like a bunch of money on gas because they're just nice i guess and great i know they make a ton of money in tuition i'm not like blind to that fact but it's a it's an interesting contrast that the quality of life on a college campus on a, on a it's a public university is like a hundred times better than any space I've ever been in while I was in the military ever. Like I can't, I can't think of a single one, um, that even comes close. And that's, that should hurt your feelings. Like you should be pissed off about that. Um, cause we could do it. We really could, but all right, let's move on to the next one. So I'll, the next thing I like, I'm going to cover is I thought like I expected to see chiefs are toxic everywhere. Right. I expected to see a lot more of that theme uh, in the AMA. And I did, I saw it a little bit and I, I like, and it's not like I'm going to argue against it. Right. Like if you're a listener to the podcast on a regular basis, you know how I feel about it. And you know that I'm not going to, I'm not going to act like there's no problems with the chiefs mess. Cause there's plenty, but uh, I expected to see a lot of that a lot more of that um but what i didn't expect to see was a. and but like it warms my heart that i did was we need more leadership development and education i i can't even tell you i was grinning ear to ear as i scrolled through when i would catch those posts um and there was one in there that ba- i mean she was basically acting as my acting as my proxy um, it said leadership and competence in it a lot. If you've seen that, it kind of sounds like me. It's cause that's one of the people that I've, I just recorded a podcast with her. Um, she's awesome. And I'm, I'm, I think I've convinced her to start a podcast and I'll publish it and blah, blah, blah. But she's awesome. She's got a lot to say about a lot of things. It's like, I feel like she's my mini me, but we'll see. Like she's, it's going to be good. Um, but yeah, it's like, uh, I was really encouraged by that. I was really encouraged by seeing, uh that what i like it reddit is an audience that i perceive to be largely e6 and below um i did see a lot of people advocating for not using the terms junior sailor uh and so i feel like i'm gonna try not to do that now because i think i understand it to be kind of like shipmate which i talked about uh on, a, on that same podcast with that same person uh that's coming out soon but i like i didn't realize that it, it kind of had the negative connotations that it did until i read through this thread and i was like oh all right it's kind of like shit mate like people just don't like being called that because we as a leadership structure in the military have made it that way by constantly treating them like their children when they're not uh, like i'll tr- i'll trust you to drive this billion dollar submarine but i i won't trust you to live in a room without you know like i gotta come make sure your bed's made and it's, it's like it's ridiculous um but anyway um i was really <sighs> proud of the questions got, that got asked and the advocacy that happened for a lot of issues but especially the fact that like it makes it it makes it uh it was very validating for me in a lot of ways but it also like it made me feel that the the actual problem is much more obvious to that to that e6 and below demographic and also in a way it was kind of sad that it's there's like me shouting it from the rooftops and there's uh, plenty of khakis that I've talked to that, that, uh, agree with me, but you could also like argue that they're the outliers. I don't know. I have, you know, I don't have a, a way to measure that outside of just my interactions, but like I was, I don't know, like it was, it, I was really proud of that, that group of people. And I know there's chiefs and officers operating on Reddit too. Like I, I, I I'm aware of that. I guess I just always kind of in my mind, I assumed the majority of, we're e six and below, um, and if I'm right about that perception that I have, like I just I was surprised to see it, and I I absolutely love. I was so happy that I did. Uh, it made me really happy to see that they recognize what the actual problem is. Like they don't. It, it, yeah, Chiefs are Chiefs are toxic. Okay, what does that really mean? The it means the Chiefs mess is. Functioning is is malfunctioning. It's it's full of leadership incompetence. And again, I feel like I still need to say this, just because there are casual listeners out there that might think that that's a swipe, and it's not. The way the reason I say that is because incompetence is is kind of the nice way of expressing the feeling that you think somebody's stupid. I don't think they're stupid. I think these are all. It's a the the mess is. largely a group of people who genuinely care about you they're sailors that came through the exact pipeline that you did and uh stuck around long enough and you know obviously did a lot of hard work and earned a promotion but there's some subjectivity to that but it's like they got to that place and when they arrived at that place they're like, uh, "I don't know what I'm doing." Like, "Oh my god." And so they, you know, you see a lot of faking it until you maybe make it or like just groping in the dark, "For what do I do with my hands now that I'm faced with all this leadership responsibility?" And a lot of them don't deal with it well. A lot of them just kind of look around and start trying to pretend they're, the, you know, chief X that people seem to like or or even worse and probably more common is what I did where I regressed to my lowest level of training, which was none. (laughs) Like I started doing things that I swore to God I would never do. I always like filed away these experiences as when I'm the chief, I'm never going to do this, that, or the other thing. Or like at the time, I mean, I I didn't think I was going to stay in the Navy. So like I was always like when I like I'm going to be in a leadership position at some point when I'm a civilian, like because I wanted to be a chef at the time. So it's the same kind of thing. I mean, they have this, it's hilarious. It's funny, the French system that most kitchens operate on is called the brigade system. It was created by a chef named Escoffier. Um, and it's just funny because it's a, like a military term. And it was just a way of organizing a professional kitchen in a way that made sense, where the you know hierarchy was delineated and everybody's responsibilities by position were codified somehow, and, and it made for some good order and discipline inside of a professional kitchen which is necessary um so it's funny to me that like that uh i never recognized that until way later like i tell the story all the time about when i realized it but it's like they're on they're completely unaware largely uh there are some people that that recognize it when it's it's brought to their attention like through, through mechanisms like this podcast. But, um, when you're in it and you've never had any robust leadership development and education and you're trying to just like, like, cause you have the, I had a very real persistent fear that I was going to fail the people under me. Like I was going to fail the people for whom I was responsible. Um, and so I, like I had almost like this manic response to, uh, Trying to like increase performance and and do a good job and accomplish the mission while completely ignoring like well-being, people's needs, uh, like taking care of them, right? Really taking care of the people, not like some warped idea of what taking care of a sailor means where you strip a lot of the the human... Uh, like you strip a lot of humanity away from that and you just have this like idea in your head of this a sailor as almost like a, a like a, a part of the ship or something that you got to like make do a thing like the the I don't know, like the high packs pack air, right? Like that you got to make it do that any mean any means necessary, right? So it took me a, a minute to adjust and figure out like, oh, no, I need to take care of these human beings so that they can perform at the level I need and do the mission requirements and blah, blah, blah. Um, That's what I say when I mean leadership and confidence. It's like, you're never taught that, you just aren't, unless you got lucky and caught a great mentor or or you're really into robustly researching things. That was another reason why I figured it out earlier than I feel like a lot of people do is because I'm a researcher. And when I recognize a problem, I immediately start doing research. I look for books and podcasts and YouTube videos. And I mean, back in the day, it was primarily books. Like, back when I was coming up, it was primarily books. But I was an early listener of podcasts. That's why I, I, mean, I started this podcast seven years ago when not a lot of people were listening to podcasts. Like, they were just starting to get popular uh, in, like, 2016. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think a lot of people like do do that you know what i mean and and i was basically raised as a chief at chief university like i just had i didn't just luck into one good mentor i lucked into like 23 like it was like it was the whole there was a couple of of knuckleheads in that mess but the vast majority of them were like they would have been the best chief on your ship if they were on just a regular non-special projects platform but like i had 20 plus, like, and, and you know, some of them rotated in and out, and they would just get replaced by another pipe hitter. It was, it was an insane, uh, like luck of the draw that I just happened to, uh, end up on the, and, and I mean, not like I didn't pursue it. Like, I, my chief at the time when I was on my first short duty brought me a message where they were looking for a hot running CSS one, which I mean, they were just CS ones back then, but. Uh, for this platform and special projects good for promotion it's a challenge blah 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 my chief brought it to me he's like you're perfect for this and i was just like i'm in like because at that time i had decided to stay in the navy i had already re enlisted so i'm like yep sign me up and i immediately applied because that's the kind of guy i am but thank god i went there as a board eligible first class and made chief because it was like chief university and so like i got lucky in so many ways um it's that's not normal for most of the people you interact with uh, for Chiefs like I was already a person that I probably would have figured it out faster than most like I would have been like above the mean but I wouldn't have been it wouldn't have happened as fast and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have arrived at the quality of Chief I was by the end of that tour had it not been for the the dudes in that Chiefs mess like even even doing my own research and applying it and like practically applying it with a division over time I still don't think I mean I had it was it was the best experience you could possibly like possibly ask for I was just immersed in learning how to be a chief at the correct way cuz these guys I mean god you they wouldn't give me an inch like any time I screwed up it was like there was always somebody within earshot to snatch me up Close the door behind me. Hey dummy, what are you doing? What why are you doing that? That's not how you take care of sailors. And I was like, oh, and so then I'd, you know, figure it out. But yeah, I want to point that out. It absolutely warmed my heart that the it what I believe to be a, a pretty solid sample of the the population at large in in the Navy uh, seemed to recognize the actual problem being we need more leadership development education. There's a huge appetite for it. Uh, And, you know, at the present, I'm trying really hard to fill it. But, you know, hopefully the organization really puts their back into it at some point. Um, I wanted to put I'm, I'm kind of looping back to the pay issue thing in a way, but it's I'm using that as a vehicle for this point of, and I'm going to tell a story I've probably told in the podcast before. Sorry if you've already heard it, but pay issues that are egregious, like, like the ones you hear where people are getting like $0 paychecks for months at a time, or, um, like getting evicted or having to use credit card debt or a loan to pay their rent and stuff like that. That's not like they were just being wildly irresponsible with their money. It's like, the money that they were supposed to have wasn't there. So they had to do something because leadership was failing them. And that's that's the point I'm trying to make here is that with the... If you... Because we've talked about already like, hey, there's all these systems that need to get fixed. Got it. That's not going to happen in most of your Navy lifetimes. It's just not. I, I wish that it would, but I mean, it's probably... Best case scenario, like 20, 30 years down the road, when some of this stuff just starts to f- get fixed by technology and intellect and stuff and and money like they got to put money into it. But anyway, the, the ones that are egregious enough can be fixed by proactive leadership competence. Um, and what I mean when I say that is... I'll, I'll, I'll just use the story as an example and then elaborate. So what I mean when I say this is like, there's a lot of people that will communicate to you a story about a, a problem or like their experience of an issue that was negative, right? Where they'll, they'll communicate the story to you as if they were wronged. And a lot of times they were, but it not, it didn't, it probably didn't happen quite the way that you believe it did. Where, um, the for instance, here is a story where I had a sailor. Um, at, it was my last command in the Navy. I had just gotten there, uh, so I'm a senior chief at the time, and um, I had a CS one that was on. Uh, she was she had a kid, so she was pulled off the boat for that, um, and was sitting there. And then she had basically committed uh, completed her sea tour already. So she was just sitting there waiting for orders and she applied for the White House. So the White House is sure special programs. There's a robust screening process where you have to get all kinds of crazy security clearances and uh, and like stuff you, you don't even know is real unless you kind of operate in those circles. Like, yeah, you got to get a TSSCI, but then they build a bunch of read-ins and special clearances and stuff on top of that called Yankee White and all this stuff. But um, she applied and then was told you've been dropped from consideration like she got an email from the admin people that were the screeners and just said you've been dropped from, from from consideration the end like there was no explanation there was no nothing so she brought that to me like she i think she replied to their email asking why um and was told a couple of there was a couple of things But I don't think she was told in any kind of detail. So she didn't really know. So she brought it to me and she said, hey, like, is there anything I can do here? Um, Which is what I mean, if you go through that thread, the McPon tells everybody over and over to bring it to their chief. A lot of people. And this is what my CMC told me after. uh, And we'll get to that. But like he told me after he's like, most people would have just let that lie. Uh, And so when she brought it to me, she said, hey, like, is there anything other like thing i can do like i just she's like if i'm dropped from consideration for a valid reason like okay i just want to know why i just want to know what it is so like if i want to do something else in the future me and she's like maybe it would prevent me from making chief or officer programs which is what she's pursuing she was she had finished her master's in healthcare administration before she left and that was her goal was to pursue an officer a commission through one of the Ten, there's a bunch of medical commissioning programs that are specific, and one of them is specific to like the administration side of the house. So that's what she wanted to do: is get commissioned and, and stay in the navy and do that. So she was worried that like whatever this is might affect that later. So I'm like, all right, like let me give me forward me the email threads, give me all the points of contact, and I'll figure it out. Um, because and and so I, I I say that almost flippantly. There's a huge difference between. Senior chief or master chief picking up the phone and calling whoever it is, whether it's an officer uh, like an ECM or like a uh, uh, screener and for the White House or whatever it is. Huge difference. I'm not saying there should be if you're doing your job correctly, but there just is. So if I'm going to if you're going to get something done and you're meeting resistance or if you need to get something done and you're meeting resistance, my calling is a lot different than you calling. And that's not to say I'm always going to get it done. So in that case, I'm just senior chief, whoever. I might have had to go get my CMC involved, and I would have. And he would have done it because he was a great CMC. So then you, like, think about the, the escalation of force there, right? So we went from CS1, whoever, to senior chief, whoever, which, you know, that's a pretty big leap, but I'm just another senior chief at the time to a command master chief of a flagstaff it's a okay like we're at big guns territory now like i mean he was probably i mean he's only like three or four steps removed from being the mcpon at the level he was at maybe five i don't know i'd have to count i'm not gonna do that right now because i mean he was in consideration to be the force i think and then that's then fleet then so yeah like three or four levels removed so it's a it's a whole different thing. I mean, he was going to like MkPon leadership mess meetings and So it's like he's he was up there. Um, any, or, so me. So at this point it's on me. So she forwards me all the emails, chains that she had. So I had all the points of contact, blah, blah, blah. So I sent some emails, uh, picked up the phone a few times, and I was just like, hey, like, what's going on here? So I I think I emailed for the first person. It was like a first class that she was interacting with, who was just like a point of contact in that office. And so he's he or she I forget said like hey call my chief basically and gave me the point of contact for a master chief in that office so I called and I was like hey what's what's going on here like and I understand if you can't provide me with some form of granularity because of some privacy thing or something but like I just want to know why she wasn't selected and I was told some it was so stupid she, I was told uh, she's not submarine qualified and she still owes sea duty and I'm like that's not true and they're like really and I'm like yeah I'm like that's not true I'm like if if you're seeing in her record she's not submarine qualified I can fix that in a a day like I'll have her bring me the documentation tomorrow and I'll email it to you and she's like oh great and then the other thing was um, somebody they said the force CS had said she still owed sea time it's like that's not true either I was like I will get you emails from the force CS and the detailer saying that that is unequivocally false. And she's like, Oh great. That would be great. That would fix it. And I'm like, really? Like, you're just going to turn it back on. Like, she's like, yeah, get me that information. Get, get me those emails and get me. And so the next day I like, cause I knew the four CS personally, and I knew the detailer personally, like buddies of mine. And so I got on the phone and emailed and Facebook messaged and whatever. And I mean, the next day she CS1 brought in her proof that she was submarine qualified and it brought to light like hey you need to scrub your record because this is ridiculous this should be in there and fixed already she's a board i first class like you i mean so we had a mentoring session in that regard of like you need to do all these things to fix it in your record not just hand it to me as a scanned pdf to fix this one problem that you have because in that in that way she was correct that it could have affected her making chief or her getting selected um I mean, probably less so getting selected for the officer program. But still, it could have affected it. So she scanned me all the documentation and emailed it to me. And then I the next day, because I was Facebook mentioning people after hours like, hey, I need this tomorrow. I need you to just shoot me an email saying uh, this is untrue. She's com- completed her sea tour. The summary CS submarine detailer has no interest in, in detailing her back to sea. And even it, this, this was the best part of the email. Shout out to Josh he's in the email he said even if you don't select her she's going to shore duty like i'm not if, if she she's not a an asset that i'm going to detail to sea duty in under any circumstance because she's done with that tour and we'll go to shore duty so i sent all that stuff up and that i mean i was standing by for an answer from them or something we got a letter uh saying Yeah. And they did it. They were doing like a, some kind of celebratory all hands call thing. And of course I'm down in my basement office thing, cubicle, uh, doing work and my CMC comes down and like, it's like smacking me on the back. Like, good job, man. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah. Oh, you didn't know. And a CS one got selected to go to the white house. And I was like, Oh, cool. And just went back to what I was doing. And he's like, I heard you got like super involved and you like called them and did all this stuff like she had got dropped from consideration because like i guess when the, i wasn't even there i don't know why but whenever it might have been she got like called into the admiral's office and congratulated kind of thing i don't know if it was i would have been at an all-hands call but um if i was at work <laughs> that's another story for another time kids um so i was at my desk and and i'm, I'm assuming they just called her in to notify her handed her the letter blah 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 and uh she said I was dropped from consideration and senior like got involved. We sent them the, st- they told us why finally. And then we submitted the things and it got turned back on and then I was selected. And so like he was over the moon and I'm like, dude, I, I just did my job. I was so unimpressed. Like, like, and I thought he should be unimpressed too. We were, we almost started arguing about it just cause that's, you know, uh, the type of duty is like and he in his mind and it was looking back it was extremely valid is he wanted to reinforce that type of behavior in his chiefs because it wasn't normal and he's like most people when they got the rejection email would have just let that lie and been like I don't know I guess you know something they screen people they're the screeners and they said no so time to move on and that's as, as an answer, like telling me, like, that's disgusting to me. That's a leadership failure to me. Um, but I don't think it's, ex- I don't think what I did was exceptional as far as, like, what I expect out of a leader in that position, right? Like, I, it, maybe it's exceptional when you're looking at the status quo, but I don't believe that that should be the status quo. I believe what I did should be the status quo. I didn't do anything. I I, I spent an hour or two on that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I spent weeks like arguing and elevating it and doing all this crazy advocacy. I said that was like just a thing I did that day. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a big deal to me. It wasn't like a huge time or effort suck, you know, like where I I really put my back into it or anything. I mean, it was like, it was super easy. And I mean, I had kind of like half forgotten about it when he came down and like was telling me what a great job I did I'm like what are you talking I would expect any chief in the same position to do the same thing I did and if necessary elevated to the CMC and I would have went and stood on my CMC's desk if I had to I wouldn't because you know he would have engaged immediately but if I had a different CMC you know like but yeah I I, in this in much the same way that because that's the that's likely going to be the result is you're not going to have to put a lot of effort into it. I've done it with pay too. I got on the phone about a guy I had on my last submarine where it was like, he, so we um, discovered that his basically like his, his time and rate and, and um, advancement dates were wrong. So we mapped him to E4. But when we looked back, we saw that there was a bunch of, stuff jacked up with like his pay dates and and time and rate dates so what it ended up being was he should have gotten a whole bunch of pay that he didn't get and he would have been eligible for second class earlier um based on all these things and it's just like i got on the i i had to like pull some teeth like i was put pressing our admin people pretty hard and then uh, the YN2 who is just exce- he's a YN1 if he's not a chief by now which he probably is but um, he got mapped to YN1 while I was on that boat but he at the time he, ca- he just called me in the office he's like hey I got this chief on the phone from PERS he wants to talk to you about this guy I'm like alright so got on the phone with him talked to him and he like he did some chief magic that fixed it in the best possible way that day that second and got him all his back pay and and like and then voila he's met he's eligible for second class all without us having to go through this like crazy administrative process of like appealing thing i might have had to do like a bcnr and stuff and instead this chief at at Pers like just fixed it because he was able to and he knew it was the right thing to do and he didn't need to elevate it and Whether he operated in a gray area at all, I'm not sure. Like, as far as, like, procedurally and stuff, I don't know. It felt like maybe there was a little bit of that where he was just like, I should probably go talk to my supervisor, but I don't think I need to. This is pretty cut and dry, and I'm just going to do this and fix this for you. And a little part of that was because he was on the phone with a senior chief. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of instances like that in my career, and I, I have an episode called Chief Magic that, like, uh, some kid, I think on Reddit or or somewhere asked me like what that was all about and how how we just magically get things done. It's it's not magic, it's just leveraging the network. It's all the things that you talk about during the cheese season, and the one one of the biggest most powerful things that happens because of that network that everybody likes to dump on so much is is moments like these where we build this. Um, sense of duty to the organization and and like loyalty to other chiefs, even if we don't know them readily. Like, at for good, or for better or worse, there's a lot of good that can come from it if you leverage it correctly. And these are those moments. So that's what I'm saying. When I, when you encounter these pay issues, the first thing the Mick Pond said was, "Bring it to your chief." Okay, there's a lot of distrust in the mess right now for, and there's there's good reasons for that. But for the chief, I'm speaking to these chiefs. You can fix this. You can fix a lot of these things by just engaging. Like a lot of them, a lot of chiefs, I feel like they think like they're probably feel like they're barely treading water in their duties or responsibilities of being the chief of that division or department or whatever for the leadership of competence reasons I covered earlier. But they also think about it. Like it's a, it's a tall, it's a, it's a tall ask. Like it's like, they're looking at it like it's this really big ask of like i gotta like do all this crazy admin heavy lifting or like get on the phone or or some hybrid of and get in these instructions and figure all these things out it's like most of the time all you got to do is pick up the phone and call another chief it's like because like the worst thing that will happen is they'll tell you where to look So it deletes a lot of the burden that would be on you of trying to find the answer in one of these crazy books that we have. Um, But what might also happen is you, I I was on the phone for 10 minutes with this dude and my yeoman who is an expert did a lot of the stuff that would have been that, that me trying to decode admin stuff that I don't understand. Um, But a lot of times what you can just do is call somebody and it took me a while to learn that. like I was I, w- I felt like I was always calling an adversary in in that I needed to know what the book said so they couldn't dismiss me because that that can happen too, right Where like you can get somebody on the phone and they can based on their tribal of not tribal knowledge and like leadership and competence, they're gonna try to dismiss me as like, no, you can't do that. and I need to be equipped with the ammunition to be like, actually. You know what I mean? So, but a lot of times what you're going to encounter is somebody that wants to help you because you're a chief. If if not for the right reason, which is because you're advocating for a sailor's well-being. it could It could be either or, could be both, could be a combination. But if I do encounter somebody that would have dismissed a first class or a second class calling, but will help a chief, okay, I'll take it. If that's what like, I don't think that's the right way to be to look at it on their end. But like also, I'm just here to fix the problem for my sailor. I can't fix the whole Navy. I mean, I'm trying to now via this, podcast. <laughs> not the whole Navy, but you know what I mean? Um, But there's a just by picking up the phone and it being a chief to chief conversation, you'll you'd be pretty shocked at what you can accomplish and how how simple it is and how easy it is to get that done. It's just like, look, this is what's going on. What do you need for me to get this fixed? And then they give you a list and then you go do it and send them those emails like I did in the case of the White House thing or uh, get on the phone with this Mill or uh, not Millington Bupers guy like I did. And, and it's done. And it, it, it didn't take a lot of my bandwidth at all because I had help from experts, but also like i did i had the the institutional expertise to to recognize the problem for what it is because he brought me like a pay problem and then i figured out what was going on there with a little help from my admin friends and then then i said okay here's the problem admin friends please engage on fixing this and that's when my and i did that primarily because i knew my yeomen were awesome and i knew they would engage but if you if I had crappy ones, I would have probably done a lot of it myself, or I would have. There would have been some like metaphorical bludgeoning involved, with where I'm beating him over the head with my anchor and star to get it forced, the function forced, right? In this case, I didn't have to because they were great, and that ended ended in the conversation. I mean, I put like two hours into that, and he got like a boatload, like I'm talking like five figure back pay, and now he's eligible for second class, like. For a third class like that that had had some issues before, I mean, for him to get a a $15,000 check in back pay, I mean, that's enormous. That he didn't even know he was owed until we, like, dove into this because he brought me some pay issue. Like, I think I was supposed to receive a little more money than I did. Or, or he brought me, like, my LES says the wrong pay grade, I think. And then when we dug into it, he had no idea he was about to get that check and all this other stuff was about to happen. But I went CSI on his on his... Uh, LES's and figured it out and and you know and I did ask some questions of my whatever CPPA or Yeoman or whatever it was but it wasn't like I made it I just handed it off to them like no I'm I'm going to make sure this gets fixed and so that, that Mick Pond saying bring this to your chief's attention that's what, he, that's what he really means if you don't have a chief to whose attention you can bring it and action results go find one right I'm kind of out of the game now, but I I'll help you if I can, or I'll direct you to the people that I, I think can or whatever. But there's a chief in your command that will advocate for you. If you, if you have that type of an issue, or there's a chief within arm's reach, maybe they're not inside the lifelands of your specific UIC, but there's a chief you can access that will, that will help. Um, and, and there were some people in the comments of that reddit thread saying you know like if your direct chief won't help you don't don't infer which some of them did that if one chief won't chief won't help you none of them will right it's a human organization right it's built of human beings who are wildly varying in in every way right so you can encounter a a guy like me and i mean that's those two sailors were cs's that doesn't mean I've done two successful BCNRs in my career. One of them wasn't for a CS. It was for an A-ganger where we got a bunch of back pay. He went from being a a senior second class to a board eligible first class who picked up chief the very next cycle that he didn't even know he was eligible for. So he went from being a second class to a chief in like, I mean, it was like eight months. It was was a very short period of time. Um, Like his head was probably spinning, but it's I've advocated for and fixed problems for uh, like on active duty, a ton of sailors that were not in my division or in my direct sphere of, of influence and responsibility all the time. And it's just like, there's someone out there that will help you. You just got to find them. And sometimes that can be the uncomfortable and arguably painful part, but they do exist. And so there's, it's like in the imperfect environment in which we operate i would encourage those chiefs to do as much as they can without overwhelming themselves because you can't be everybody's chief even though god help me i tried and because it, it'll it'll destroy you but also there's there's some there's onus on those sailors like you got to go find them like that it's operating in the imperfect environment that we are and the, and the wildly imperfect chiefs mess that we have you got to go find them but they exist And I'm happy to help you find them if I can, but I'm telling you, they exist and they are passionately uh, engaging in fixing problems for sailors, but you got to go find them. Uh, And that's what sucks about It's like if your chief's not that person, first of all, I'm sorry on behalf of the organization, on behalf of the mess, but that doesn't mean your department chief's not that doesn't mean your CMC's not or your sel's not that doesn't mean that the next echelon up CMC's not that doesn't mean that if you travel laterally to another chief's mess that they're not right and there's you can find a chief that'll help you and that help may look like them coming and punching your chief in, in their face metaphorically like closed door conversationally but sometimes sometimes that's what you got to do to get things done uh and i've done that too Uh, All right. So I talked about that one already. Um, There was one thing I thought was really interesting about uh, there was a mother, a single mother who was co-parenting, like still on good terms with a parent. Um, And they were saying like the Air Force has a policy, apparently. That's what this person was saying. I haven't looked it up, but uh, apparently the Air Force has a policy where uh, co-parents get co-located like married couples do, but because this couple had gotten divorced, the details were just like, nope, sucks to suck, nerd. You're going to C-command. And she's like, "Uh uh-huh. Because then you got like, how do you, you have childcare issues you have to solve. So this feels like an underhand pitch to McPond, right? The Air Force is already doing it. Walk over to Joanne Bass's office, copy your homework, and get the CNO to sign off on it. Like this is, this is like, Admiral Richardson authorizing female buns in the, through the hole in the ball cap. Like this is one of those ones where it's like, I mean, maybe there's a little more involved because you got to get an ins- instruction revision approved, but you could fire out a NAV admin tomorrow. And, and it's not going to fix her problem immediately, but it's going to prevent future problems from occurring. And then eventually she can use that NAV admin slash instruction revision to co-locate with her co-parent which makes all the sense in the world and removes a tremendous amount of stress on those people that you guessed it can cause acute mental health issues that we're so concerned about. So maybe take the win. I mean, this is like, this isn't a super easy fix. So go talk to the, the goat, go talk to Joanne Bass real quick and uh, copy your homework. Like I, I literally did that once. God bless the air force. Like I know a lot of people dump on them, but they're doing a lot of things that, like, it's kind of weird. It's like there's there's like a a progressive, the prog- word progressive in the in the political ether is not what I mean. Um, within the Air Force, it seems like a progressive branch where they're trying. They really are trying to make quality of life better for their service members. And they're trying to modernize a lot of things and do a lot of things that just make sense that the military has largely been uh, resistant to. And... um, I think there's a lot of things that they do really well. Um, I worked with the Air Force when I was on Fort Lee. Um, there's some things they do that I I passionately disagree with when it comes to the way their like leadership hierarchies work. Where uh, and this might be isolated to just this wing, but like they were doing things like um, letting sailors go, or, like just circumvent the entire chain of command effectively stripping every NCO of their authority and they could just go drop stuff anonymously in this uh like drop box outside of the wing first sergeant's office. And then they, they would, then the wings descending on the MTLs, which is like an NMTI equivalent uh, or the instructors and saying, why are you treating poor Airman Timmy wrong? Even though they weren't, you know, like it was bizarre, but, doing a lot of things right. And I totally copied their homework when it came to the airman leader program. Uh, If you go to Fort Lee, uh, like to this day, I still, I follow social media to this day. They're wearing colored ropes uh, and their airman leader, the leadership program. I'm assuming it's being implemented in the same way. They might just be throwing ropes on people and ignoring the rest of it. I don't know, but I copied their instruction. Like I went and got the airman leader program instruction and the little handbook they had for the student leaders. Um, and I literally just went through it and cha- like translated it in a Navy and called it the student leader program and same color ropes, same ever. And I did that on purpose, not just because it was easy to copy it, but because we were in a barracks that we shared it with the air force. Um, so there was like 500 plus airmen uh, in the building. And then we had generally like 150 ish students. So sailors in the build, same building. Right. So we shared the building. We shared the common, a lot of common spaces and, uh, and the, when I was the chief of the NMTIs, like I wanted, um, I wanted to work really closely with the MTLs because it just made sense. Like I wanted us to be able to like cross pollinate. So like if an MTL sees a sailor doing something wrong, they can light them up and I empowered them to do that uh, because that's how the military works. I mean, at any NCO is like you're subject to the UCMJ all the time. So like rank matters uh, in the hierarchy and I wanted it was like a force multiplier, too, because we were all undermanned. So if we work together with the MTLs, everything works better Um, and vice versa. Right. So and I wanted the student leaders to be able to work. And so it made it that it made it a lot easier for them to work together as student leaders because the the, you don't have to translate everything into Navy or Air Force like they just recognize the ropes and they're like, oh, you're the person I need to talk to. Same thing with the MTLs. It's like if you want to correct something a sailor's doing, you just snatch up the nearest colored rope and say, hey, fix this. Uh, and it worked. Um, and they're still doing it to this day. They're still putting ropes on on student leaders. So uh, I copied the Air Force's homework so hard. Um, but it's because it was great and it worked. So you don't have to... I don't need you to invent anything. Just go copy their homework. This seems like a really easy win. And it seems like something that... Um, the, it, it, we're very obviously concerned about it. I mean, Mick Mick Pond Smith was advocating for like a ton of childcare centers because it's a big stressor, particularly on single mothers, but like just couples in general where they're busy and deploying and and like the instruction, I really hate it because like so Amber Viola, who I have a podcast coming out with like today. I mean, it's probably out right now actually. um I haven't even looked to see if it released properly. I should probably QA that really quick, but um we talked about, uh, like, so she, well, I don't know that we talked about it, but it, when I was her chief, she was one of my NMTIs at Fort Lee. And so she, uh, and her husband, while they were still married, they separated eventually, but while they were still married, he was on an aircraft carrier and she was working for me at Fort Lee. Fort Lee is like 90 miles from Norfolk. So think about the the challenges there, I think they were living like in the uh, in the middle to split the difference. But like and the carrier was in the shipyard and there was still a bunch of just insane demands because the ship didn't seem to care uh, that that Amber had to go to work ever. Like, you know, what I mean, like, why doesn't your wife just take care of the kid? Like what? She's active duty military. You dolt. Like that's why she has a job too. She has duty and we were undermanned at the time. So she, I mean, it was like, they were like three section. I mean, it was rough. And so, yeah, I mean, I, cause we needed 24 hour coverage and I had like four MTIs and myself. It was not fun, but, uh, yeah, it would, they just had no sympathy. And then, um, I don't know. That's not relevant. Sorry. I had a, little brain fart there um yeah so it was it was insane and the just the fact that they're allowed to detail people 90 miles apart seems kind of bonkers to me because that creates its own problems um so anyway like i this that one just feels like a a super easy home run um for honia to just knock that one out of the park i think that's about it really um yeah. So I'm at the end of my notes. I, again, I know there was a lot of people that were dissatisfied with the immediate response. I was too. I wasn't a big fan of how that was conducted. I, I wish I would have been there live. Uh, unfortunately, like I found out about it like the day before when he posted it and I had class, like I just, I couldn't get around it to be there uh, unless I just ditched class, which I did didn't thank God. And cause I've been getting sick too. So I'm like, I, I kind of treat it like, um, I need to save those misses for, for when I'm sick or, or when I'm having issues. So, um, but like I said earlier, I, I really feel like we need to let it, let them process, like give, give it a, give this slow connection a minute to buffer. And then hopefully once he's able, because it is, it was a ton to digest for me. And like, I didn't even have to respond to all of them. Like I just did a two hour podcast, con- like on a, which is just like a commentary on some of it. Right. And, and uh, I mean, you know, some of it's just cause I, I'm, I talk a lot. I like to analyze things, but it's yeah. I, I, would give him the benefit of the doubt for now. Uh, like leave your pitchforks and torches in the closet let the man process the insane amount of information and feedback you provided him and um, see what comes of it because the there's two there's two things that I would say as far as like like give him a minute to process it give his staff a minute to process it and then after they said the coming week to review it so don't expect results at the end of the week which we're almost at Give it a few more weeks, even a, even like a month from the AMA, then start tagging that PAO account and saying, hey, when are we going to start seeing some answers and or results like action? Um, because I don't know that they're going to think to publicize it in that way. I hope they do. I hope because it seems logical that 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 PAO staff um would say like, hey, we got these questions and it, from Reddit and now that we have the answers, we would publish them on Reddit. And it sounds like that's what they intend to do. Um, but I would say give them some time to formulate those responses and or take action like they seem to seem to have. Uh, I don't know what action was taken and if it was effective in Coronado with those moldy barracks rooms, but hopefully it I mean, if the Pond contacts you and, you know, is all fire and brimstone, I would, I would hope you rapidly course correct, but you know, I don't know. Uh, And, and he, you know, that man's got a lot going on juggling flame chainsaws. So is he going to follow up? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Are the CM, the 10 CMCs that are probably between him and that barracks manager going to follow up? I would, I would hope so. I would think so. I would assume so. Um, But you never know. So, i would i would hold off on the torches and pick pitchforks give them like give them like a month to process formulate responses which hopefully you'll start seeing trickle in before that on reddit like they'll they'll start like they'll type some stuff up and then copy and paste it real quick and say does this answer your question um but then the action-based stuff the stuff that requires actual action That I mean, and not just like him calling somebody and punching him in the face. That's a quick fix. But I'm talking like the like the one I was mentioning with the the co-locating co-parents. I mean, I think you could have a nav admin out in a month or two, but I I've never been involved in a in a Navy wide instruction revision. I've been involved in command level ones. And I mean, even those take a while to route. So but but deciding at the highest levels To make that type of a decision and then shoot out and have admin, I would think you could do that in a month if you're really like pressing it. Um, And I think there's there's a lot of value in pressing it because you could return a very tangible and meaningful result to the people in that thread that asked for it. And that's going to turn into like that's a big win. That's a big uh, publicity and or credibility uh, win. And that earns you some trust from that group of people. Like, hey, I'm not just saying this. Like, I'm not just coming to Reddit to say, look, I'm on Reddit. And like, I did an AMA. And it's like, cool. What are you going to do with everything you just learned? What are you going to do to fix all these problems? Th- I think stuff like that that you could do quickly, you should do quickly because it's going to earn the trust of a lot of people inside the organization you're charged with running and, and the, it's the group you're charged with advocating with. So I have no doubt in my mind, like he, that stuff meant something to him and that he really does want to make meaningful change in a lot of those ways. But a lot of that stuff is slow moving because of the suffocating bureaucracy that we exist in. So I don't know, like I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic is, is probably the best way of expressing it i don't have enough data points to be like just optimistic (laughs) um also that's just kind of my wiring it's kind of my default but i think i i because i and i've i've discussed this a little bit with some people i don't know honia personally um but people that i i know who do i've heard a lot of ridiculously positive things about this guy I'm still cautiously optimistic because past experiences inform um, my outlook quite a bit. But maybe this guy's different. (laughs) Maybe he is. Um, I try even even with my uh, my outlook, my pessimistic, nihilistic view of the world. um, I really, really try to operate with a hard and fast rule of leaving the door open for this guy to be different um even when it seems nonsensical which i think to a lot of people it does because they don't allow for that possibility anymore because of past experiences informing their outlook like i get it man i get it i understand why people are so skeptical or just outright denying that there's even a possibility that there could be a mick pond that genuinely cares about you and will take action to meaningfully change the organization to benefit you directly Um, and that any of those changes would even materialize while he's still in office like uh, everybody likes to and even he said which kind of irked me you know like even he said certain things i don't plan on doing anything anytime soon because it's hard like everything that (laughs) everything (laughs) pretty much pretty much everything that's worth doing that's gonna provide value to the end user that is all you should care about which is sailors is gonna be hard you're getting paid as an e10 bro like put your back into it and i'm sure he didn't mean it the way kind of the way i'm interpreting it but i don't know i i hope my friends are right i hope that i'm wrong i hope that he's the exception of the rule and I, i don't even know that i I hope I'm wrong in like my generally dominant per- perception of the world. Like I just assume <laughs> that um, w- even when given reasons to be cautiously optimistic, I, in the back of my mind, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop because I've, because I've been conditioned to, to expect it. You know, like of, cor- of course he's, he's going to face plan. Of course he is. But on the other side, I, r- I really hope I'm wrong i hope i'm wrong i hope uh against all odds or or against all expectations that uh jim honia hits it out of the park and why wouldn't i you know like why wouldn't anyone hope for that for for not i mean not for him even for for him a little but like primarily for you for the end user of his leadership and the actions or non-actions that he takes it's like why wouldn't you be hopeful um but hope's not a plan, in the immortal words of Yoda. I think. Uh, I'm gonna wrap this up. It's already longer, like by an hour, than I thought it was gonna be. Story of my life. Um, I'm I'm open to any kind. If you have if you have more specific questions, uh, I'm open to answering them. But this is this is gonna be my I guess my uh the extent of my commentary on that Reddit AMA. I'm really glad it happened because I think you opened a door that you can you can never shut for the all the subsequent MICPons. Um and even like the fleets and forces, I think. I think you kind of just you put them all on the hook for being able to do this. So I'm hoping if if nothing else, it's opened the door to a lot more transparency just in what they're doing. Like who who can who can tell me what a force, a fleet or the pond does? on a regular, even the CNO and all them other guys, like who, what are they doing all day? Like, what are you getting paid to do that is meaningfully meaningful to me at all? Right? Like we just don't know. And that doesn't mean they're not doing anything. That just means we don't know. And so hopefully if nothing else, this has opened up the door to things like a podcast. That's not atrocious looking at you. CNO, you uh, uh, <laughs> YouTube channel, where there's engaging content that's showing me like, okay, do his all hands call and don't film it with an iPhone from hundred yards away. Like put him, put a mic on him, get a real camera, maybe a couple cameras and someone edits it with some transitions. Ooh. Like, you know what I mean? Like get the, let the MCs go, go nuts. Like give them a check, cut them a check or whatever and let them go buy equipment. And if they don't already have it a, and do the damn thing, you know, like let them, let these E4s and E5s really take charge of this and make an internet presence on all these platforms so that the Pond's information is accessible to that group of people and not just accessible like it doesn't cause me pain to engage with it. You know, like I want to watch it just like and I'm not saying you got to like do anything weird, just like make it a quality recording, good audio Maybe some transitions, if not just a good angle where I can actually see you and then publish it as a podcast, as a video podcast, as a whatever, as a YouTube thing, as all of the above, because it basically they all kind of work together. So hopefully it opens the door to that. I think that will help a lot. Um, I think a lot of people miss it, wildly misunderstand what those people exist for. And I can't even tell you what they do on a daily basis. I can speculate Based on some like things I've heard and read and whatever. But um yeah. I, I'm I'm hopeful that if nothing else, we gain that. But you never know. Um with that, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us, don't give up the ship podcast, or you can DM us on Instagram or Reddit or Discord at D Podcast. Um, and then you know. I mean, as always, I'm open to all the criticism, questions, comments, concerns, whatever. So don't be shy. And then uh, if you want to support us, you can go to DGutsPodcast.com. There's a donate button on the website. Or you can go over to Don't Give Up the Ship Apparel. Get yourself uh, some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. It's at DGutsApparel.com. Uh, and then you can support us on Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com slash podcast. There's five tiers from five bucks to a hundred bucks. And everything in between, a lot of benefits, a lot of really cool engagement opportunities and such. Uh, if you're willing to do that, God bless you. I'm still amazed that people are are supporting us uh, via Patreon just because it just feels crazy to me. I don't know, but I love every one of you for doing so. It allows a lot of things to happen. It allows this cool video setup that I have. It allows me to pay all the bills and not come out of pocket in doing so. It'll, it's going to allow for expansion of the platform over time. Uh, and I'm just super appreciative, appreciative of of all seven of you. Now it's slowly growing. Um, it's it's amazing. And uh, yeah, if you can do any of those things and support us in any way, and if you can't commit dollars to it, I completely understand, and that's totally fine. Um, you can like, share, subscribe, review on all the platforms for all the things. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, get all the video podcasts that way um and it help us grow in that way because like you need a thousand subscribers now and like i think it's like four thousand hours total of like watch time to get monetized and so even though i have uh the views i don't have the subscribers and i think the views have to be within a certain amount of time so like one of the videos has like eleven thousand views but it's from forever ago it's that cheese package one i did Uh, which was like the only video on the channel for like six years. So uh, if you can do that, like just watch the podcast on YouTube, subscribe to YouTube, and that'll help. And and it, it doesn't just help it. Like it'll help us make money through the advertising revenue once we get monetized. So like, and it doesn't cost you a cent. If you're consuming the podcast already, just consume it on YouTube and that would be really helpful. Um, or both, you know, like if you wanna watch it and listen to it in the car or whatever. But like subscribing and doing it on YouTube, tag your friends, share the videos, like all the things help, right? And it doesn't cost you a dime, just click a few buttons. So uh, if you wanna support us, you can do it in that way as well and and we appreciate whatever mode you can. Like if, <laughs> if you're just listening, I appreciate you. So, uh, and with that, that's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening or watching, (laughs) and don't give up the ship.